1: We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your
0: songs. Hey there.
2: Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about 1991's The Boneyard, starring Bella <laughs> Dillard and a bunch of unknowns. Uh, wait, 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 wait.
3: Before we go any further. <laughs> ah, 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 ah.
2: <laughs> so I. Megan just
3: smacked me. <laughs> <laughs> she knew exactly what I was doing.
2: So. Let's give a quick story of Matt Kelly and the Boneyard because I'm the one that picked this one. Uh, so I first heard of the Boneyard in Fangoria's 101 films that you've never heard of but need to see. Uh, and it didn't look like something I would like, but I was able to find it on Netflix and I watched it and I was like, okay, this is, oh, this is all right. And then the last 15 minutes happened and I was like, this movie is awesome. But the movie is very out of print and it wasn't until my trip to San Diego when I found it what, uh, during my one night stay in Los uh, Los Angeles. They had it at the Amoeba Records, so I picked up a DVD of it. Um,
3: for, oh, for it's on DVD?
2: Price. Yeah, picked up oh, a pretty, wow. for a de- decent price uh, for it being out of print. Has, like, interviews with Phyllis Diller about the movie, Ooh. like, commentary tracks, like, all types of cool bonus features for this, like, little unknown piece of shit.
3: Anyway. It, don't say that. It is not a piece of shit. It, it definitely has a lot of charm to it you just can't watch it and at one (laughs) x it's
2: it's a fun movie but it's definitely a fun movie where the whole price of admission is for the last 15 minutes absolutely when it, when it goes balls to the wall um so we were talking about how we really liked the opening credits of last week's out of the dark um the intro music to this however just feels wacky. It doesn't, it doesn't really fit. I started to fast forward. The music for this
3: to, movie doesn't make sense ever. Dude. Yeah. I
2: disagree, and we'll get there at the end of the episode. It makes no sense, but I love how this movie ends musically. Shit, um, same, same. There's like so I'm trying to think how to word this. This movie has a lot, a lot, of dialogue free sequences (laughs) yes with with almost no even music to it like it's it's almost like they had to actually adr a large chunk of the movie they did so they just they just didn't add in audio when they didn't have to
3: (laughs) well here's the thing is i i was watching it and i'm like i'm watching it on youtube and i'm thinking is this copy screwed up because the first seven minutes has no sound not yeah. even like they get to the house uh, and the wind is supposed to be rustling, but I don't hear anything. They're walking through the house. It's not like creaking floors. It's not like them rustling papers. There's nothing. They're not talking to each other. The, and then the one guy gets smacked in the head with a pillow the, and it explodes and it's like, uh, you know, feathers. And then the talking starts. I'm like, okay, okay. I was really worried there. But it is very – this movie it gives me – pause, because there are a lot of questions that don't ever get answered.
2: Yeah, and there's a scene um, early on where uh, I, I wrote down absolutely no one's name, but where the psychic like, angrily swipes a bunch of pots and pans off of the table, and it's the sound of glass shattering. Like yeah, it, so It's odd. like, it's very weird with some of the choices, especially in that early scene. Um, and yeah, like, that first... So much of this movie is slow, but like, I don't mind, but it's kind of like until the last, like maybe 30 minutes of this movie, this is like the type of film that you just kind of pop on and you're just like, I just want something in the background as I slowly like rest on the couch. Like it's very just weirdly paced. The whole movie's weirdly paced.
3: Well, this movie is really, this is a very odd film. Like I don't. So I'm probably going to spend most of the time defending it, especially from Brian, because he said this movie sucked. Um, it's terrible. Hence why he I called it talked.
2: a fart. He called it a fart, which is a weird word to use, because if there's one person who loves <laughs> farts
3: on this
1: podcast, it's Brian. Okay. So on YouTube, right? This movie is called The Boneyard, and in parentheses, Killer Chihuahua, which A, is a fucking poodle, and yeah. B, you don't even see to the end of the fucking movie, and it was the whole movie sucked i got 45 minutes in and had to pause it to take a nap i and that <laughs> that's not a joke that's not a bit i 100% paused it to take a nap woke up 20 minutes later and said okay let me drink my espresso and finish this so i hit it then another hour goes by and jade comes home and she's like should we take the dogs for a walk and i was like yeah because this movie should have ended 20 minutes ago yeah. there's probably like 5 minutes left and i paused it and it was at an hour. And I said, that 20 <laughs> minutes took so long. And she was like, is it over soon? I'm like, I don't know, because nothing has happened. Nothing has happened um, in this movie. So
2: so here's a fun fact about this movie that I found out on IMDb is that they release, when they released this movie, it had two, two covers. Two
3: covers, yeah. And it was this really slip funny. cover. Yeah. So like
2: they were trying to advertise it as both a comedy and a horror. So if it was in the comedy section, the cover was the giant mutant poodle. But if it was in the horror section, it was the slip cover that was all black with just like a demonic face in the top right corner. Uh, which and that's what I, just the I remember. Yeah, see, I remember the killer poodle cover. I, that's never the one that I saw the killer see. poodle cover. That's the DVD that I got is the killer poodle. Uh, okay. Well, see, I feel um, like
3: that's, that's too on the nose, you know? Yeah. Like I well, really it's the like least, the, th- it's
2: the final shot of the movie too. It's not really the final ruined, shot, but it really ruins the big like moment. reveal. <laughs>
3: that's what I'm saying is that it's yeah. just, it's disappointing because it's kind of like a, a hilarious gotcha.
2: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of insane to me and we'll, we'll get there. But like, so, they get to basically it's these two cops. They've arrested a guy who was feeding children dead body parts. Um, And they, that, asked he, the, he's,
3: he's a Japanese guy. So let's, let's also add to the oddness of this film in that it's this weird, it's got this weird Japanese sequence later on too.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of strangeness in this, but they go to this woman who apparently is like, an empath on the highest degree. If she touches something owned by somebody, she can kind of feel what was going on most recently in their life or something like that. And she's starting to be haunted by these demon children and realizes, okay, this is a case that I have to take, even though I've gotten out of doing this type of work, this is important. So they go to the boneyard, which is what they refer to as like the morgue during the graveyard shift. And that's where we introduce the biggest selling point in this movie, Phyllis Diller as poopin' platz.
3: <laughs> Phyllis <laughs> Diller without one of her wigs on. That was which was
2: demanded. Yeah. Yes. The director was like, I do not want you to wear the wig. Um and she just has like she's still Phyllis Diller. She's got her zinger. She has the one line where she takes the woman's ID and goes, <laughs> porked out a little bit, didn't we? And yeah. <laughs> the idea, like she's just like fucking firing shots and the whole joke is that everyone's afraid to fire her because she's so strict on the rules um and i love that character element of her that she's just like she's by the book she wants to do things right but she's an asshole and she shines in this movie more than anybody else
3: oh it's because she's dealing with any acting chops <laughs>
2: but she also is horrible at doing any action scenes like oh when my she god goes like, her, like, punches are the most staged punches I've ever seen in my life.
3: Oh, it's not like she was some young chicken when she was in this, this film. Is
2: very true. And some of the acting in this is rough. Like, the cop's partner is really bad at acting. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, like, talking to – what's her face? The girl that, like, tried to commit suicide. We'll, we'll call her Newt. She's basically Newt from yes. yes, thank you. Yeah, she – but it's so funny because he's, like – You've got so much going for you. You're pretty and you're smart. <laughs> and then he gets a fucking Gatling gun. Yeah. Well, one of it, so. so I fast forwarded a bit, a lot. Uh, and and I, <laughs> I watched this movie in 30 minutes uh, and I, because I fucking hate siege movies. So I – anytime they're just – by the time I got the, the basic lay of the land – and then the demon zombie children um, are have them locked in one room or the other. I just fast forward because I don't care about the character development because fuck siege movies. And then he gets the Gatling gun, and I'm like, I probably missed some plot point, but I'm not invested enough to go back and find it.
2: Uh, well, then yeah, you can't say this the, is a were good in, movie. It yeah, is they were a in great
3: the, visual entertain piece of entertainment. So,
2: mm-hmm. so here's so the movie has these comedic beats. There's the autopsy scene, which I think is really great, where uh, the one the one mortician goes because the cop is asking his partner if he wants to watch the autopsy. And the other mortician pops his head around and goes, go on, man, see the world. (laughs) (laughs) But then the girl turns out to not actually be dead. So they stick this fucking scalp, They put the thing in her and cut her and she starts freaking the fuck out. And that. I forgot that that happened in this movie and it literally did make me jump for a second.
1: <laughs> what a loser. Um,
2: but then they find out that these children are actual like demon children. I don't want to call them zombies because I don't think that that's accurate.
1: No. The, the, it's, the, it's like a ritual, right?
2: Like a curse yeah, was put they, on them.
3: They were – these bodies have been reanimated. That Basically like these Japanese demons were by some shaman. They were – placed in the bodies of these three children i think that well, it was like the well it was one child that's what oh, and then it made two that's more, what yeah. she later yeah, yeah. that's what she later figures
2: out is like that guy wasn't good at keeping this a secret because at least it got out twice and turned two more too kids. much it's
3: yeah but the okay so when you see in she she touches a piece of hair from one of the dead people or the the dead guy the dead japanese guy that You see when he's getting interrogated um, and he explains about how he was supposed to be like the custodian of this demon of these these children. And uh, yeah, so she touches his uh, lock of his hair and has this flash, uh, um, a vision of one of his ancestors, I believe, was this shaman, you know, some sort of priest who was trying to reanimate someone's dead kid and it worked yeah. but it came back wrong so this is basically like pet cemetery
2: pet cemetery yeah, yeah. so uh
3: but um, but then uh you find out later that they can infect other people because that, that's how you get crazy phyllis diller monster and crazy yeah. monster
2: so there's a beat where they really do I, I think that it's actually a brilliant it's a brilliant story point and it's a brilliant comedic point and it's to establish that these aren't zombies and it's when the cop sees the first demon he shoots it in the chest and nothing happens. And then he gets this look on his face like, oh, of course, I'm dealing with a zombie. Shoot it in the head. And he shoots it in the head and nothing happens. And that's when he screams and runs. Away. Yeah. Oh, I love and it. I, I was like, that's gr-. like, that's really smart to me. I think that's a very smart way to establish. These aren't zombies. Like these are not zombies. The headshot does nothing. Um, the demon children kind of look like gooey versions of the grave dancer
0: masks.
3: They, but the <laughs> thing is that they're great. The, I, that's the thing about this movie that I really, I can't say enough good things about the practical effects because those. I think that those are kids that were playing the demon children because the body shapes don't look right for short people.
2: Yeah. No. It. It definitely looks like it's. And children they're super or, creepy. Or- Or forced perspective somehow. There
3: might be some forced perspective, but I I know for a fact that not all of those shots were forced perspective.
1: Yeah, they couldn't be. Um, This would be great for, like, an anthology movie, though. That's, like, Like, if this was 30 minutes, I I would be like, this is awesome. So it was 30
3: minutes for me, and that's why I think it's
2: it's, awesome. See, because that's the problem is that I agree with you that the practical effects on the masks of those children look cool. But all of that money, including the poodle monster to me, all that money went into Phyllis Diller. That creature is incredible. Oh, yeah. Like and, the and eyes, the face tall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's insane how good mutant Phyllis Diller looks in this movie. Um And it's also insane, like Phyllis Diller, there must have been some like there must have been something that Phil's Diller liked about this movie because it's not like she's in it for a cameo. She is main cast throughout most of the movie. And there's no way that this movie was done on a big budget where this was like a big payday for her. Like, I think that she genuinely was like, Yeah, I want to do this. This is not something that I've done before. This will be fun.
3: They paid her um, in compliments, like, or they they paid they they paid her ego by being like we're going to turn you into a gigantic monster because I would work for fucking free. If somebody said that to me,
2: Yeah, but, but like you have to think about like, not only cause again, not only did they get her to do this movie and it's a low budget movie, but they also convinced her to do it without any of her wigs. Like there's so many factors in this where it must have been some type of mini passion project for her to do a horror movie for her to agree to this. It doesn't feel like, Hey, I bet we could get Phyllis Diller. Like right. it, it I I feel like there's more to it. She was the make or break um, for this
3: movie. There's no way that they, they would have made it without her.
2: Probably. I should really watch. I still haven't watched that interview. I'm gonna watch that interview and find out more. Um That being said, we were talking about it earlier. The the detective's assistant and like Newt worst time for romantic talk in the history of horror movie night is like trapped in an elevator shaft when a bunch of demon children are trying to kill you. Just like you know, you're really pretty, and I
3: think that you're nice. She's <laughs> like, I tried to kill myself. I had no reason for living. He's like, but you're pretty. <laughs> I could be your reason for living, I guess. No, um, he doesn't even get that far.
2: <laughs> he sucks. But like, Fuck that guy. So they, they're, working, they're working their way out of this. Area They need to get to the elevator so they can get out of the basement is the big thing. Um, and then the the guy who's delivering the dead body shows up and no, he goes on a monologue. No one's like, hey, man, keep it down. There's demons. Down here. <laughs> they just let him give his comedic monologue for a little bit. And then this is when we get the Phil's Diller creature who's like barely in the movie. Unfortunately, she's disposed of within like five minutes.
3: Oh, but, uh, but here's the best part about this film, in my opinion, is that. Phyllis Diller is known for her wigs and that crazy cackle, right? Yeah. You don't get the wig in the entire movie, and you have to wait until you get the monster Phyllis Diller. It shows up and you get a 20 second laugh at the 74 minute mark, and you're like, Yes, I've been waiting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then like the poodle looks really good. Like I don't want to downgrade. Oh, the it's poodle, awesome, but, but you also definitely... you
3: get to see that for even less time than the Phyllis Diller monster.
2: Yeah, and it is still, in my mind, like, a little less impressive than the Phils Deller monster. Um, there's a sound effect, though, right before they blow up the poodle, where it makes, like, a dog yipe before it happens. Like, it's like, <laughs> and then this <laughs> explosion. Uh,
3: oh, and then- oh, did you? Uh, okay, now I-, I only wrote down one person's name, and it's Dana. That's the girl who committed suicide but didn't die um okay so newt is dana got yeah 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 dana is newt uh so when the giant mutant poodle comes through the door she just goes ha! <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't tell if that was intention like
2: there's part of me this is probably not what happened but part of me in my brain is like i hope that it's one of those things where they're like, we're not going to show them the costume. We're just going to surprise them. And that was her actual reaction (laughs) to this giant poodle. And they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. It is funny and stupid. Keep it in there. Uh, I'm sure it was written that way, but yeah, that's, that might be the best comedic moment is her little laugh when the poodle shows up. Um, But then this movie ends with a closing credit song that is a fucking love ballad and it is a good-ass It's love a great ballad. song,
3: but I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like, this does not fit at all. <laughs> not but, even. Like, I fit. don't get it. <laughs> it has no business being, this dude wrote a
2: song for some rom-com that no one was buying yeah. and he was just <laughs> desperate at the <this laughs> point. Give me
3: five bucks and you can have this song for your closing credits.
2: <laughs> like, oh my God. It's, but yeah, I like, Usually credits roll, and I'm like, all right, time for bed. Let me shut this off. I was like, I'll, I'll give this song a little bit more time.
3: <laughs> I think I spent more time listening to the song than watching anything where people were talking.
2: <laughs> it's like, I
3: watched all the credits just for that shit.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. What a, it is a jam. I got to research that song, too. I, I could put that on my iPod very easily. Um, so that's boneyard one of us loved it one of us was like it's good and one of us was very upset with it so this you know, is the least i've the- talked
1: on in an episode
2: just to I know show you, you how still- i felt
1: about it
3: <laughs> no you um, talked less on um bugged. arcade arcade yes yeah we
1: didn't well, those a don't to- count that that is <laughs> that is me just being shy very true we're here to entertain
0: you
2: Uh, So, what was your guys' double features? I know normally the person who picked it goes first. I actually have two that I'm torn between, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the ball to y'all first.
1: Mm. Can I go first?
2: You go.
3: All right. So I really racked my brain even more so than last week on what I think would fit, and um, I'm going with Tourist Trap because the tone of both are just so odd. Yeah, but I I would start with Tourist Trap because it's a better movie. And, oh, Taurus, and, Taurus Trap's an amazing movie. Taurus Trap, I mean, like, it it needs to have so Taurus much more Trap, love honestly, than it does.
2: Honestly, I would almost say Taurus Trap is a better double feature with Out of the Dark because they're both super underappreciated slasher films from their respective decades.
3: So I'm going to be completely transparent here. I originally had it as my, my double feature with Out of the Dark, and then I was like, <laughs> no, no. Boneyard is a better pick. And then I was like, okay, Killer Workout. right, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Uh,
2: Brian, how about you?
1: Uh, So you guys keep saying how great the special effects is in this movie, or the practical effects. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everyone a favor and say, all right, we're going to watch this terrible movie, Boneyard. But first, we're going to watch Freaked, because it's got awesome practical effects, but also surrounding a good movie. So,
2: Brian, Freaked was one of the two movies that I was torn between. Ah. Because I thought... I thought that the Phils Diller monster looked a lot like the yep. giant Ricky Coogan monster. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so if you're taking freaked, then that leaves me with the other one return of living dead. I think this movie has a lot of a return of living dead siege concept of like the mortician and a group of like unlikely people trapped in a building trying to get out of it. Uh, so good that point. is my double feature. Um, what, how about, how about a recommendation? What's a good recommendation mm-hmm. for everybody that you experienced this week?
1: So one that I've recommended to Scott and Matt, and uh, I know that Matt definitely hasn't taken the recommendation yet because he hasn't blown up my phone. <laughs> um, but there is a sketch comedy show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. And it is uh, – Scott would probably like it because it's by the, – The Lonely Island is involved just like they did uh, Pen15. And it is the greatest skits. Um, they're just so like the dumbest ideas and I think that's what makes it so funny is like someone had this idea and like it's so funny but if we were writing stuff for the pilot and one of you guys brought the ideas to me I'd shoot it down like if you were like <laughs> hey what if we did a skit where someone took honk if you're horny seriously I'd be like that is stupid <laughs> just watch it. Just I, I it, the episodes are less than 20 minutes so like Perfect. to give it a shot like you're not even committing much
2: Right. Give it I mean, I will give it a shot. You just texted me that when I still hadn't watched out of the dark, nor had I watched Boneyard. So those became more primary for me. Yeah. Um, I will give a shout out to a movie that I literally saw yesterday when we we're recording this. It's probably still in theaters by the time this comes out. Uh, I saw the long shot, uh, which was just a really good rom-com um, with Sharice Theron and Seth Rogen. Uh, which, uh, I just really enjoyed it. It, I mean I was almost going to say Avengers Endgame but like you've probably already seen it. I don't think I need to recommend Avengers Endgame. It's great. But uh Long Shot I feel like is going to have a, a tough shot in the theaters because it's coming out at the same time as Avengers Endgame. Um but it's it's worth watching if you love rom-coms, specifically like the old 90s uh, rom-com. Cool.
3: Well, and I'm going to I'm going to actually not do a new movie, but I do want to mention Um, I went back and rewatched Friday the Thirteenth two thousand nine, and while it is not in my, it's not a great film, I really like the portrayal of Jason because he's super brutal and he he's faster and just more. He seems really pissed off. I don't know. I mean, like Jared Padalecki sucks. He's a terrible actor, Um, and all the actors are pretty bad and like Danielle Panabaker is in it and she it's just an odd it's it's not a great installment in a in a franchise that has, usually has a little bit more going for it this one kind of played it a little straighter than I wanted i saw it in the theaters valentine's day 2009 it was like the last date I went on before I met Megan uh or before Megan and I got reacquainted and we started dating so um but it was like a platonic date anyway so anyway I hadn't watched it since then and there it's just very weird because the tone is incredibly dark and brutal with Jason um as things were in 2009 but also there are some characters that are written very meta and they are supposed to kind of know that they're in a horror movie. I don't know. It's it's got a very strange tone. Um, but my feelings towards it are much kinder now than they were before I rewatched it. It's on Netflix if you feel the urge.
2: Cool. All right. Uh so that was the Boneyard from nineteen ninety one as picked by this sexy motherfucker right <laughs> here. Uh hey guys, you know what next week is? What? episode 200 bitches oh nice. my god don't say our name three times because episode 200 is right around the fucking <laughs> corner so stay tuned for all of that good jazz hit us up on patreon patreon.com hmmpodcast podcast and join us on all of our social media but until then next week we will have 200 fucking episodes of this show that is insane oh, but i'm here. so excited that you guys have stuck it out with us so excited sure. so nice
3: very excited. Very sneaky, sir. It's not a game. Interdite reference. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Network. We're here to
1: entertain you. We'll sing your song.
0: Hey there.